Welcome to the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. I'm Sheng Peng, Editor-in-Chief of San Jose Hockey Now. You can also find my work at NBC Sharks and on Twitter at Sheng underscore Peng. I'm Key McNally. You can find me at Halfwall underscore Hockey on Twitter, my website half-wallhockey.com, or at San Jose Hockey Now. It's uh, World Juniors Week and also New Year's Eve. Yep. And uh, we have an exciting show today. Uh, we're going to talk actually a lot of World Juniors today. Kagan's going to share some of impress- uh, his impressions uh, getting up, uh, watching uh, all the games here. Also, too, uh, we're going to talk about just uh, the Sharks at the World Juniors over the last 30 years or so. And, you know, uh, it, we know it's a big honor to be selected to the World Juniors, but what does it mean in terms of uh, a prospect's NHL chances? How many Sharks prospects at the World Juniors have hit? The Sharks have six World Junior prospects this year. Is this the most that they've ever had at the World Juniors? Yeah, and um, we're going to look a little bit about the um, how likely it is that uh, prospects make it, that make the World Juniors, and also how uh, impressive it is that the Sharks have six prospects this year compared to past years. Um and before we get into all that, I think we'll do a, a quick recap of the week. It's been a short week sharks so far bad. for the Sharks. <laughs> sharks are bad. This is like the 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 running joke of um, every single week. Are sharks are good or Sharks are bad. Sharks are bad this week. Keegan so. has protested by not wearing any Sharks gear and recording elsewhere, too. So Yeah, I'm not even in my home. That's that's. That's what's happened. Um, no, I'm on. Uh, I'm on vacation and uh, in sunny Florida, so it's a uh, great place to be in the middle of winter. So <laughs> I'm wearing a dark teal, which does resemble, oh. uh, actually resembles the teal that the sharks wear now, which is uh, the bad teal. So <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So there you go. We're just uh, we're uh, emulating the badness of the sharks, but um, yeah, just they, they only right had here. Uh, yeah. They've only had two games since we lasted the podcast. They lost uh, five to one against the Kings, um, and then five to nothing against Edmonton. Um, yeah, we don't want to like break down every single game because it was bad. Um, <laughs> but um, one game did include the first uh, career NHL start for Magnus Krona for about a period. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shang, any impressions from those games that you want to share? Why? <sighs> yeah. Um... It is strange because the Sharks actually played, uh, we're going to forget about it uh, because it, it doesn't matter for the scoreboard, but the Sharks played mm-hmm. really well in L.A. for the first 25 minutes. Granted, mm-hmm. L.A. might have been a little, uh, it's a first game post-holiday for both teams, and the Sharks definitely looked more engaged and alert early on. L.A. Uh, definitely was uh, uh, getting over. Uh, it's a Christmas turkey, Christmas ham. Um, but nonetheless, the credit to the Sharks. They they were on the ball. They had the lead. Uh, Fabian Zetterlin scored a nice goal. And then it all turned around. And the Kings are a team that are good enough to turn it on when they want. The Sharks definitely are not. <laughs> mm. um, I think overall with uh, both games, uh, one of the – one of my overall impressions, and uh, basically it's been a pretty, you know, that 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 third period in L.A. and that first period against Edmonton are among two of the worst periods that the Sharks have played this year. And that's saying a lot because the Sharks have played a lot of bad hockey, a lot of yeah. bad periods. Um, but those 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 two uh, kind of bookend periods um, uh, or Sam, I guess they're the ham of a, of a pretty uh, <laughs> of a shit sandwich there, I guess. Yeah, yeah basically. So, um, 
Anyway, though, uh, yeah, those are some that was some pretty bad hockey. Uh, just uh, just for example, and it was in my article about the the Kings uh, game. Um, I think uh, the first period, uh, according to Sport Logic, uh, the Sharks were tied in high danger chances and maybe had a lead. Oh no, they were tied in slot shots, three to three, and then maybe had like a three one high danger chances uh, at five on at even strength uh, in the mm-hmm. first period. Pretty good against the Kings, who are cup contenders. Yeah, for sure. In the third period, uh, when the Sharks are down and you would think would be pressing uh, action, pressing offense, and at least getting some offense at the uh, sacrifice of defense, I believe the, sh- the Kings had a 11-0 to zero shot slots advantage <laughs> and hmm. a 7-0 to zero high danger chances advantage. So, um, anyway, so yeah, that's... No, that's not good. So, so not that's how, <laughs> yeah, that's how that third period went. So, um, obviously, the Edmonton game, uh, that first period, uh, what they did to Magnus Krona um, was oh, man. awful. Um, they just didn't show up uh, for a guy's first NHL start. Really felt, felt bad for him because his first NHL game was against uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. That was their 10 2 loss. He came in relief for Mackenzie Blackwood in that game. Um, gave up uh, uh, four goals on 17 shots against Edmonton here, eight goals on 12 shots. And the Sharks know, just, but... it, it wasn't all, you know, Krona wasn't exactly a uh, Dominic Hasha got there, but really though, the, in this case, uh, first uh, goalie in his first game, 23, first pro year, you got to step up for, for your guy best you yeah. can um instead of putting it on the goalie in this case and so the sharks definitely did not do that um they did they were properly contrite after the game i actually spoke with krona the next day and krona talked about how basically everyone came up to him and said that wasn't on him and it wasn't on him um Mm -hmm. so hopefully uh i think krona tried to try to be as positive about it as possible and um, take the positives from the experience, seeing the speed of the NHL. Also, too, that um, it can only get better, his NHL experience. So, uh, finally, hopefully, um, on Krona, uh, he will get a chance to come back and uh, improve on his, I think his save percentage is a 724. And I believe his goals against us a 9.5. So, um, I th- yeah. I think I, I have a prediction that if he does play another NHL game, he will improve on that because <laughs> that's really you can't get worse than that i agree it it um i think there were a couple savable saves for sure that, sure, that he sure. could have made but uh yeah they just looked completely lost and i think uh jd said on twitter at the time he's like they were on double digit goal watch already because like it <laughs> was just every after the first period it was like yeah they're gonna score 12 on us <laughs> basically <laughs> Uh, that's what it felt like, at least. It felt like one of those 10 nothing blowout losses from earlier the season, or 10-2, whatever. Um, but they rebounded, I think, pretty decently. They kept it at kind of like a stalemate the rest of the game, pretty much. Um, so, got to give it yeah. at least a little bit of credit that, that they they weren't they didn't just fold it in like they did earlier in the season and, and let in 10 goals. Um, they, they at least um, shorted up defensively a slight bit, even if there was almost no offense that was created. Right, and that that. speaks to sort of, um, I think the maybe the next coaching challenge for uh, for uh, for David Quinn. Um, So uh, the Sharks uh, they were on ten goal watch for the first month of the season, like like almost, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, for half of those nights. (laughs) Felt like it. I I I would say I actually don't think don't know if that's exaggeration. I mean, obviously the two games where they actually did give up ten goals. That Tampa Tampa Bay game where they got their butt kicked and it just it wasn't ten goals, just 
I don't know, Tampa Bay. Was there a Seattle game in there that they lost? No, like no, that that was that was uh, uh, when they started winning a couple games here and there. So they, they lost seven to one, mm-hmm. but that was like game nineteen That's or right. something like that. Um, mm-hmm. um, there was that Carolina game that they lost, only lost six to three, but that's only because Blackwood was amazing. Uh, yeah, that was a bad one. <laughs> um, yeah, in the first two periods of that game. Um, so yeah, uh, so throughout October they were uh, pretty uh, regular. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, on 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 the watch list for for uh, for a <laughs> for a ten spot to give up a ten spot, yep. and uh, they've gotten out of that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned the Seattle game that was bad, uh, but otherwise, obviously the Edmonton game they didn't let it get out of hand. Um, yep. <clears throat> but I, I think though the 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 greater point though is okay. So they've they've gotten over that barrier that they've been. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Um, uh, embarrassed so much, shame so much. You know, they 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 really they they feel the shame of being uh, a totally embarrassed and blown uh, blown out of a building. That that's not going to happen anymore. Um, at least for sixty minutes. Uh, but um, so the next step, though, I, I think though is maybe uh, um, you, get, you just got to play better defense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So. The Sharks have, uh, I think, a bit of a problem in terms of uh, they have a, a lot of forwards here that are thought of as more offensive, right? I'm talking about guys like Duclair, uh, Hoffman, um, even guys that are pretty good two-way like Hurdle and Granlin. But you know, there's not there's not really Selkie Award winners in this bunch, right? <laughs> oh, more offensive guys, um, uh, LeBanc, Barabanov, right? Sure. So this is a team that five years ago you say, yeah, we're gonna try to win games four to three, five to four. And you think, oh, maybe if you get the goaltending and you got mm-hmm. uh, guys of this ilk in their prime, uh, uh, then maybe you have a chance to do that. At least to be competitive. I don't know if you're gonna make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but you can be competitive that way. Um, but of course, uh, this is 2023 going into 2024, and some of these guys aren't quite what they were, aren't producing uh, what they did, what where they were at before. They may still be pretty good players like LeBanc, but you know, LeBanc has six points in, I don't know, 28 games. So so you're not getting a lot of off- offense out, out of him. Um, yep. So the point, the, the, the point is that uh, you're not going to win that way with this team, apparently. Uh, as we've learned and so yesterday at practice uh, there was a, a, a focus on defense and um closed you know things that this again this not a great offensive team not a great defensive <laughs> team a uh, lot of problems with this team but what can you know what what can what 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 can uh, any nhl team kind of kind of do and it's usually well uh, they have the talent to play defense, at least in terms of commitment is a big part of just being committed to sure. it, um, being uh, uh, quicker on plays, just more reactive. Right. Things like that. Right. It's 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 I guess it's it's more possible to build a defensive team that can be competitive than uh, to build an offensive team that can be competitive. Right. I think that's the sort of yep. the general, like, uh, uh, the, uh you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. So right. You have to. <laughs> right. That, that right. Right. And so. so the problem though, with that though, is that this team, like I've said, is not a natural born defensive team either. <laughs> you know, this, that a team of, of, uh, of, 
let's say uh, 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 a couple of Tomas Turtles, Logan Couture's, a couple of young players, and a bunch of Ryan Carpenter's and Nico Sturm's to fill out the rest of the lineup might have a better competitive chance than than trying very, to get very true. Than trying to get, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, not 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 to not to pick on somebody like a Kevin LeBanc to 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 play a grinding role. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, the obvious thing is, well, why don't you guys just let 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 the why don't you just let these guys play offense, right? That that would be the ob- the the obvious question. But like I went back to though, this isn't 2017. This is 2024. These players aren't aren't who they were in a lot of cases. And yep. what happens if if uh, if if you go more offense and what happens? What happens to the, your defense? What happens to your goaltending? Right, and uh, that's how you lose games ten to one, ten to two, be down four to zero in the first period against Edmonton. Um, yep. So we so we've seen what happens with this team when when they're not they're they tried. not yeah when they're not hundred percent engaged on the defensive end like in the in the Edmonton mm-hmm. game right or the first period of the Edmonton game um when they take off entire games like they basically did against vancouver and most of the pittsburgh game right um it gets it gets it gets not just ugly but we've never seen this in any nhl um horrific right yeah and so i think i think it's an interesting challenge for quinn um it's I, I don't. I don't envy the, the the task to to try to make this team more competitive. To try to get and you know I, I mentioned all the guys that are considered more offense first on this team. Let's not forget too guys like Eklund, Zetterlin, young players that have a lot of talent, but they're not very refined defensively either, right? We saw mm-hmm. that with Zetterlin uh, in the Edmonton game, letting Hyman get behind him. That was inexcusable. Uh, just beat him to the front like that. Um, Eklund has had some 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 defensive blunders too. So let's not, let's not, let's not remove him from this equation. So as talented as they are, all the good things they've done this season, guys like that, um, definite, uh, definite defensive issues too. And so Mm -hmm. you're trying to build a more defensive team out of, you know, you're trying to fit a lot of, uh, a a lot of uh, square pegs into circles and, if you try to fit the, the square pegs in the squares, though, the team is bad too. It's just part of the point too. So it's mm-hmm. not like Dave, David Quinn is holding back a Connor McDavid or or whatever uh, <laughs> of this bunch. To, to be honest, right? Yeah. So anyway, um, I guess a roundabout way uh, of what I'm saying is that I think that's the next challenge I'm interested in watching for Quinn uh, for the Sharks. That if you can mold them into even passable team def- uh, team defense, competitive. I think competitive is the word we're looking for. They're not gonna, they're not gonna turn into the the '96 Florida Panthers, uh, uh, a low talent team that grinds its way to the to 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 to, to the final behind uh, sure. a star goalkeeper like uh, John Van Beesburg. Trying to think of other examples or New Jersey Devils teams in the past with Marty Brodeur that weren't exactly sure. star laden but able to grind their way to to uh, to to victories. Right? Uh, we're not gonna mm-hmm. get that here. I mean, look at the, the the record. There's there's no hope. Eat Arby's, uh, with uh, with with the there's Sharks. No team. hope. Eat Arby's. <laughs> but um, in terms of Quinn and just sort of uh, what is what you know, if you look at a, a coach, right? A coach is not necessarily worried about the trade deadline and and what Mike Hoffman's going to get. 
is not worried about Will Smith, right? And what Will Smith mm-hmm. is going to bring to the team two years, two years from now, or a year from now, is Stephen Ellis, who uh, was on our podcast last week, uh, predicted. Um, he's not worried about. He's worried about just winning now, right? And so, how do you win now with this particular team of misfits, outcasts? uh young players uh, who aren't aren't necessarily ready ready for playoff caliber hockey um and a couple of of uh loose stars like hurdle and couture in the win kind of there right uh, how do you mm-hmm. form this team into a team that 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 can win that that, that can play together right and so that's yeah, the challenge so, i guess mm-hmm. yeah, i I, I think so for, for quinn coming up yeah i it, think it, so we move from embarrassing to bad, which is good. Right. Um, and then we got to go from bad to like fair or passable, I guess, <laughs> is, the, is the next step. Um, but it's slowly, I mean, we moved in the right direction, but it's, you're right, the team defense is going to be the the only thing that's going to keep them in games, right? When when the other team's offense has an off night and they can't put anything through, like that, those are the games that you can win and sneak out with a goal um, and win undeservingly, maybe, is the way to right. put it. Um, You'll need good because your offense ending. is not good enough to, um, yeah, and they get good old ending for for a night or two. Um, you know, they, there's also been a couple wins for the Sharks that have just been like comeback wins that maybe they also didn't deserve to win right. in terms they of got hot a how bit, badly right? they got a little hot and they, yeah. they they found some of that offensive spark. But it seems like it's kind of dwindling a little bit in the past couple of weeks. Um, so I think hopefully Quinn's recognizing that too and is uh, adjusting for their team defense. Not that that we're gonna. Um, expect miracles in the new year, but it's um, maybe a little bit better. So I, I forgot Zadina too as another guy that mm-hmm. um, is uh, just really raw, right? There's some talent there, sure. like with Eklund and Zetterlund, but really raw defensively and sort of the 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 the, um, the details of the game. And I wanted to add mm-hmm. too as a corollary to sort of uh, what I think uh, what I think Quinn is trying to do, trying to focus on here. Um, that working on this kind of stuff, like we know Willie Mecklen has offensive talent, right? We know Zanina mm-hmm. has offensive talent. But if you can get these guys to play within a good defensive team structure and learn that right now, and they and they and they start to do that on a more consistent basis, you're gonna make them better winning players next next year maybe not this year mm-hmm. maybe you know that winning part <laughs> is going to happen uh, this year but maybe next year maybe two years from now and sure. so i think that's the part that that uh that that uh is interesting to see in all this to see how how those those specific players who they're hoping are the future of the sharks um how they how they kind of fit in, into in, into this uh into this this mold and so anyway, I'll write more about it. I'm sort of giving, giving stuff away here. Uh, but uh, I'm interested to see see this in the next, I don't know, uh, as we try to uh, get through this very long Month. season, uh, the next 10, 20 games, if, if you can start yeah. to kind of get 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 them to play better better team defense, even with all their limitations in, in, in that area. We'll have uh, Ty Emerson back in the lineup tonight. So yeah. Team defense all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ty Everson. I'm actually I'm very excited to see um, how he does tonight. Just because I, I really liked his play before he got injured. Yeah, he felt like such a good waiver wire pickup. Um, so uh, besides him, we actually have another uh, maybe returning shark soon in Logan Couture. Probably not tonight. 
but um, any updates on Logan Contreras? Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the news is all good. Uh, he uh, uh, Quinn said twice that he's not playing tonight. Uh, I asked him yesterday, and I asked him again today to make <laughs> sure. The reason why I, I keep asking uh, uh, Quinn about it is because um, initially he's Couture totally wasn't, playing tonight. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> it's it's possible, right? But uh, they they were able to kind of keep hurdles return in Boston sort of uh, uh, under wraps for, for a while yep. there. Um, but anyway. Um, uh, uh, Couture initially wasn't going to travel to, to Denver. He actually mm. told me, I asked him two days ago and he said, I'm not going. And then yesterday I'm actually talking with Mackenzie Blockwood and Couture comes up to me and says, uh, actually Shang, I am going. <laughs> yeah. He interrupts my conversation with Blockwood, not in a rude way, but he, you know, that's unusual though. You know, he, 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 he wanted to stop by and, and let me know, Hey, you know, I, you know, like, I don't want you to think that like, I was just like lying to your Mind face you. or whatever you know <laughs> so like i am going and cool. quinn says it's just for him to get more more of a hard practice a hard skate continue and so anyway whether or not he returns tonight it's all good news uh yesterday for the first time couture returned to full practice contact uh in all the drills which he had kind of mm -hmm. he had been part of practices the last couple of weeks at least at home um he didn't travel with the Sharks recently, but at least at home, he was at practice. Uh, but uh, he had kind of sat out a couple of some drills. You know, I don't think he was taking as much contact. But anyway, yesterday was his first time back at a full practice, uh, full participation. I assume that, uh, that, that he did so today, too, in Colorado. Um, and so, yeah, so it seems like it seems like it's only a matter of time, honestly. Now, I know that um, I, I know that uh, we've been on Couture Watch for a while here and for a while, it seemed <laughs> like he would never come back. Right. And mm -hmm. now it seems like, oh, there's all this all this all this news right about him or like he's skating every day and he's practicing more and more and practicing harder and harder and skating harder and harder. And there's been no setbacks. And so uh, I think it, when exactly returns, we still don't know. Uh, you know, will he, for example, go down to the Barracuda to rehab a little bit? I think that's possible, or maybe they just throw him right in there. Um, but yeah, it does, it does, it does feel, it does feel like it's close. And he is somebody that is going to help with sort of, and this would be, uh, it might be, it might be bad news for, uh, for, for the, for the, for the Macklin Celebrini fans out there, but, uh, Katora is going to help the Sharks win games. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, maybe one or two, so that's fine. The Sharks have now comfortably set themselves in the tankathon standings in, in last place for right now, um, which is right where they need to be. Uh, <laughs> but no, I wouldn't be upset if Kutcher came back and was like, you know, a useful member of the team and, and, and provided some stability because they they do need it in most games. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. Even though I am a a member of the Tank Brigade, so. I don't know. Um, uh, you, they they might be um, yeah. They might be revoking your uh, your your membership. The there. tank status. <laughs> oh shoot! You're right. I gotta I gotta start wearing like the opposite team's jerseys every night, basically. Um. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm happy that he's getting better, and it seems like it's all good news. No public setbacks, at least. No. Mm, okay. Who else we got to talk about before we get into World Juniors talk? Because I got so, so many World Juniors updates. Oh, I just want to do a quick uh, bit about uh, uh, Ferraro. Um, I could uh, fill the 
the the the collective collective groan of uh of sharks twitter when uh we saw a ferraro back on the power play the last game <laughs> and i know that we've been here before uh with him but i will mm-hmm. say that this time it feels a little bit different in so far as those other years when he was on the power play honestly he was shoehorned in there he didn't belong in there he didn't uh um how do you say it uh uh, it wasn't like he 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 got it through like some amazing preseason play or whatever. I think he just started the season on a power play because they didn't really have a clear option, kind of right, uh, for yeah. number two behind Carlson. Or actually, I think I gotta look look back, but even in the years where they had Carlson and Burns, I think that they would they would uh, play Carlson and Burns together on a power play, and then Farrell would be sort of your your PP two quarterback there, right? And anyway, um. It didn't seem justified at the time, and then we saw on the ice that it wasn't justified for him to play mm-hmm. up that that high, and it wasn't his fault. Uh, I want to take make sure that that's clear. Um, if a team asks you, just like they ask Kyle Burrow, say go play on the power play, what are you going to say? <laughs> sure. So <laughs> he did his best, but he clearly wasn't up for NHL power play duty uh, the first couple times that they tried him there. This year, um, they've tried, they've really gone out of the way to actually, I think, avoid uh, putting him on a power play. I mean, who have we seen on a power play ahead of him? We've seen everybody. Uh, Burroughs, <laughs> literally, yeah. Uh, but even Knizhov was on there. Uh, Emerson Kinesha. was on there. Um, yeah. Thrun was on there, right? Guys that mm-hmm. aren't, I know Thrun was good in preseason on a power play, but we can throw that out. I mean, uh, those are, I, we just mentioned four guys that, have the same offensive production as Ferraro basically over over their careers. McDonald's a different case. McDonald obviously with his sort of his AHL chops or whatever, right? <laughs> Jacob McDonald hype, hype train. Yeah, Jacob McDonald <laughs> hype train. <laughs> Did you actually I had this stat. I know this is a little aside, but I, I want to mention it again that uh McDonald uh, before he got hurt again, uh he uh, he is averaging 1.78 goals uh per 60. Uh, that's all situations. And Good. that is uh, that leads all NHL defensemen, like by a lot. I, when I last looked at it, I think Thomas <laughs> Harley was second with uh, 1.0 per 60. And I know McDonald played a lot of has played a lot of forward minutes, but consider mm-hmm. that four of those six goals by McDonald are, are were from the defense. The last one he scored, he was playing defense the one in Vancouver before he got hurt. And then uh, three of those six goals were on the power play. And on the power play, he's basically plays defense. He's the quarterback, right? He plays on the blue line, right? So that's, 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 uh, I know small sample size, but I just wanted to shout out uh, the, the, the Jacob McDonald hype train on that because, I mean, that's it's still real. impressive. <laughs> I mean, that's impressive yeah. fucking production, man. <laughs> so I know. Yeah. 1.7. Honestly, goals I think for if, 60, uh... yeah. I think if a team needs like a 13th player like on their team and they're like a Stanley Cup team or like a playoff team, it, Jacob Benal is not a bad option. Like he's it's, a guy you know, that like yeah. has a, like a utility in a lineup as, as like your can put him in defense forward just to be there as a guy that's going to play and give you uh, at least a semi-productive, you know, shift. So I, I, I agree. I um, not bad. Uh, you know, obviously he's not going to, I mean, right now at the clip he's scoring, he's scoring at like a Brent Burns 2015, 16 clip. <laughs> he's yeah, not going to continue that. But um, mm-hmm. the HL production was so outstanding that, 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 and we even last year, I said this last year when I watched mm-hmm. him that like he, yep. he knew where to go. His shot was hard. Uh, you know, he would get in good positions. Uh, uh, he, mm-hmm. he, he was a, 
a, I would say, an above average offensive player out from the blue line last year, just in terms of just, uh, just he looked like he knew what he was doing out there. Just the puck wasn't going yeah. in for him, or maybe he would bobble it. He'd get in the right position, but maybe he'd bobble it or something like that, right? Stuff like that. But, um, you know, you don't produce, I mean, I know it's the AHL, but you don't produce at the clip he was. I mean, again, he wasn't just like, oh, yeah, I averaged uh, half a point at the AHL level on defense, or I, I played some PP2 at, at the AHL level. He was a literal AHL all-star, you know, popping mm-hmm. in 20 goals from the, he was he was doing Brent Burns stuff at the AHL level. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so, so, so. Uh, if there is some legitimacy to his offense, which I think there is actually, again, I don't think the numbers mm-hmm. will be there in the end, but there's, he is actually a, a, a capable offensive player. Um, he's also a capable defensive player and also he's a capable forward. And uh, yeah, so I think he, he becomes actually a pretty good uh, uh, 13th uh, forward or seventh defenseman for a team. So I totally agree. So anyway, though, going yeah. back to Farrell, though, let's, let's get, uh, let's get our, let's get yeah. our draft pick for Jacob McDonald. Let's hype this up and we could get, <laughs> And then he can go off and win a Stanley Cup. And yeah, again, again, yeah, because <laughs> again, uh, yeah, he yeah. won with Colorado. Yeah, yep. <laughs> or at least so, he was on the on the team. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I much he I played, but he raised he raised the cup. He raised the cup. All right. So yeah, there's a, there's a picture That's of all him. You need. There's a picture of him raising the cup. That's all that counts. So yeah. like, I think a team will maybe want that if they have an extra spot, but it, it does get a little tight around that time frame for for teams when they just don't have a lot of actual spots for players anymore. Um, but you know, you never know. Never Might know. Get yeah. from but, um, um, but back back to Ferraro though. Um, yep. Yeah, I just it, it, this feels a little more earned though. This this power play promotion. I thought he looked uh, actually pretty good uh, um, on it against Edmonton. But that that was that's obviously a strange game because the power play they didn't get a power play until the second period, and by that point yep. they were well out of the game. Um, but. Um, but yeah, so I'm, 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 the... I guess I'm saying I'm open-minded about it. I, I'm not I'm not close no. to the idea that Marafaro at 25 could have added a layer to his game. He's not 35, right? He's not even Jake McDonald, sure. McDonald's age, 30, scoring like Brent Burns, right, uh, in his prime. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I'm open-minded to seeing what – I'm not saying that, oh, this is the Marafaro that we were promised, right? Because if we look back to three, four years ago when – Marofaro burst onto the scene, right? He was going to be the future of the Sharks' defense. He was going to be, you know, stalwart defensively, do enough offensively that maybe he could be a PP2 guy, good PP2 guy, that sort of thing, right? Be like uh, sort of a, like, a a poor man's, not a poor man's, uh, but like not quite Mark Edward Vlasic, but but uh, a sort of a, 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 a pretty good facsimile of a Mark Edward Vlasic in terms of being a shutdown D mm-hmm. guy and being able to move the puck capably, which... Uh, Mark Mark Edward did uh, in, in in his heyday. Um, so I, I think I, I I think that 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 is possible. I'm not again. We've gone through this. They've tried for all in the parlay before. It's it's failed. But we have seen again in the last. We talked about this over the last month, last six weeks. Real offensive instincts, I think, uh, from Merrill. Just. Just stuff that I think uh, we haven't seen as regularly in past years, where be- last year I felt like he was forcing it and making uh, a lot of mistakes based on that. Not to say that that's totally cleaned up. I mean, there was still forcing in mistakes like his turnover uh, in Vancouver, direct pass, right? Um, that yeah. led to a led to a goal. But I think though that the there is a, a, a overall offensive impact there that um, a plus positive offensive impact that 
that that we haven't seen um, really ever with with Mar- with with Mario in the last uh, month, last six weeks or so. And so, yeah, so it seems natural that that uh, that uh, that 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 he would get a shot in a power play. I guess the other way I put it is that if uh, the Sharks fans didn't have the sort of the collective trauma uh, for all on the power play over the years, right? Trauma is too harsh a word. So, yeah. yeah, but but you guys know what I mean, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That you know, if he was a new guy that they brought in and, and we saw six weeks of him doing pretty good stuff offensively, we'd be like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't bat an eye on it. Again, I'm not trying to sell you as Marifaro as like, you know, the next Philip Ronick or, or whatever, you know. That's what talking about guys in his age class, you know, Miro Heaskin in, you know. Uh, yeah. but I'm open minded to seeing 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 what, what they've got uh from him in this position. And I wasn't uh, alarmed by anything I saw. Actually, like I said I thought he made some good plays against Edmonton on the power play. And so, mm-hmm. if he does add that layer to his game, then again, going yeah. actually going back to our podcast a couple weeks ago, you want that's a guy that maybe you want to think about holding on to. Yeah, I think my my only qualm is that I do worry because Ferraro tends to overextend. Sure, and and like yeah, get career, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, to get a little bit more like he's going to fill every single hole for the Sharks. Right. So I worry that if they put him on the power play, like, uh, it's going to turn into that kind of same thing where he's not focusing on the thing that like he's probably going to be good at uh, for his career rather than than trying to add more layers. He still has some work to do um, before he gets back on the power play. But, you know, maybe maybe he does get a couple more points put up and he starts to get a little bit more offensive confidence if he's actually able to, you know, produce on the power play so there's the flip side to it that's the point that quinn made to me when i asked him about it that this is earned because of what he's done the last six weeks like he's building mm-hmm. this confidence this isn't yeah. you 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 put up some points in a preseason and gets inferior competition here play on a power play uh this yeah. is against against the best player you know against the top competition and 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 he's been he's been uh he's been doing it so uh, so yeah, but you're definitely right about the overextending part. I think he's cognizant of it too. I I, I talked with mm-hmm. uh, Ferraro about it uh, yesterday a little bit, and he says that uh, he's saying all the right things. And who knows if 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 uh, if he can stick to it? But he says that yeah, I, I like I got here because I was just concentrating this year on what I'm good at, and the mm-hmm. other stuff just kind of came, you know, like naturally, kind of. And yeah. he also is aware that he has a tendency, has had a tendency of trying to do too much in past years. He's very, very aware of that. And so, um, so yeah, uh, let's, let's see. Um, yeah. Open may not mind, work everybody. Out. Huh? We'll keep an open mind, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> as open as we can be. <laughs> It'll be fine. I mean, it's, it honestly, he has enough offensive instinct and enough skating that I don't mind it. Cause like, he's not, he's not like some guys that have a lot of uh, offensive pop, but they can't cover Move. defensively. So when you right. put them on Yeah. So when you put them on the power play, they're just going to get beat and put up shorties the entire time. It's <laughs> like, if Ferro at least can get back. Um, and I think the sharks defense doesn't really have a lot of options for that point yeah. position right now. So, so All right, let's talk about the world juniors. I wanted to Unless say one last thing about it. Though. I know you mm-hmm. want to jump. Okay. So like you said, it'll be fine. Best case scenario, Farrell becomes that 30-point defenseman that we envision, and he becomes really actually worth a first round, first round draft pick. Worst case scenario, it helps the tank. <laughs> helps the tank. Yeah, exactly. Love it. You can't you can't go wrong with this season, honestly. It pluses and minuses everywhere. <laughs> you can't go wrong. 
that's why I love this kind of thing. It's like you don't have to be stressed about watching the sharks, and you can if they they're bad, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> but I we are always here to to try and find ways for them to get better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, World Juniors. Speaking of the Sharks' future and being bad, um, we talked about this last week. Sharks have six prospects of the World Juniors. Mm -hmm. The um, preliminary round, the group stage, is completing today. Um, basically, uh, the uh, real tournament, I guess you could put it in, in quotes, starts in like two days, where the teams are going to get knocked out, basically, after um, qualifying. Good news is all of the Sharks' prospects that are in are going to be qualifying. None of the um, are going to be in the qualifying rounds, so... Um, I got a few things to say. I've, I've watched a fair amount of these games in each one of the prospects. Um, there are some games that I'd be there to catch on replay or just highlights, but, um, let's start with the team USA, okay. um, who is just absolutely destroying the tournament right now. Um, they, they did have one game where they went to, uh, overtime, which was kind of unexpected. Um, I believe against Chechia, mm -hmm, yep. um, but last game they won ten to two today against Slovakia, who was like their wow. their rival for their group stage. Um, ten to two. Uh, the the issue, not the issue, but the Sharks' prospect uh, Will Smith is playing on the third line with his line mates Brian Leonard and, and Gabe Perot. Um, and he's only put up three points in four games for for Team USA, um, including it's two goals and one assist, basically which a lot of people are are kind of pointing to and, and wondering, like, what the heck's that about? Like, the USA is putting up, like, 10 goals a game. Why does Will Smith have three points? And it's not like it's just Will Smith. His whole line isn't producing that that much. Like, mm -hmm. it's doing what they need to do, and they did score some important goals. It's not like they weren't uh, in games at all. But I think this kind of just goes to show that this Team USA team is really, really, really good and really deep up front, and the the role that Smith was put on in this team wasn't to be the superstar of it. And I think a lot of people expected that he was going to be your, your number one center, your Macklin Celebrini, your, your superstar forward. And he hasn't been, he's just been kind of like a productive third line forward for, for team USA. Um, he's had some good looking shifts and then some like uh, kind of rough shifts in the defensive zone. Um, he's put up um like his, his assist is really nice. His two goals are really pretty as well, but they're not like he's driving too much play at, at evens. So I don't know. I think I think their expectations were sky high for him, and I, I feel like people are, are thinking he's not living up to it so far. Um, and I kind of am more in that camp than the um, that he's meeting expectations. I think he's just right on that border of meets expectations and a little bit below as of right now. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I, I heard, I mean, even Stephen Ellis said it last week, right? And then uh, I think you said it too, that there was maybe at first the thought that maybe he'd be top six, but he's looking at, just looking at his ice time, it looks like he is, like you said, more more third line. Um, yep. Let me see, just looking at the the minutes per game, uh, uh, Gauthier, of course, is your number one center, right? And he's averaging 17 yep. a night. Um who uh, let's see who who is their third center or their their second their second line center? Um, uh, so their second. Oh, line Nazar. Center, uh, oh, so Nazar is is, is fifteen forty six and Smith's at fourteen fifty three. So I guess it's pretty close, but a little it's bit of an three, edge yeah. to Nazar. Yeah. So I uh, don't know. Nazar has <laughs> been unreal at this tournament. Well, mm -hmm. as well, Nazar is one year older than Smith sure. in terms of their draft years and everything, but he's been insanely good. Gautier's always fine. He's going to do what he he does, which is shoot the puck. Um, but the, the top six is really just dominating. Like every single game, Nassar is putting up a ton of points and, and, 
Uh, Brindley's putting up a ton of points and like the third line kind of gets lost, but it does. It helps with matchups as well. So sure, like, they, they put up some good goals and um, I just think it's it, people kind of probably expected a little bit more from him. Um, but uh, this is kind of where he's at. Um, is it fair to say that that maybe uh, people uh, fans, uh, I mean, ob- ob- you know, observers or whatever, right? Like, uh, like, like us, um, th- you know, we're thinking that he might kind of take a spot. Like he starts mm-hmm. off on a third line and maybe he would maybe not pass uh, Gauthier, but like pass Nazar maybe. And maybe that can still happen. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, I, there's, honestly, there's, 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 you know, uh, uh, knockout games, right. To play still. So. Yeah, of course, the knockout game. And I honestly, I think they just like the fact that the third line knows each other and can play really well together, and they want to keep it that way. And they want to keep the top six um, as balanced and as effective as possible. And and they like having that third line be a, a matchup line where they can, because like most teams' third lines, especially in this tournament, are bad. Sure. Um, or third and fourth lines are not good, especially against like Latvia and Norway or whoever. It's like they're not... They don't have the depth of, of sure. players. And if you put Will Smith against like Germany's third best center, they're going to destroy him. So that's the that's the benefit of having that. Um, the problem is it's not like he is destroying it. He's doing OK, but he isn't like dominating every single shift. So it's it's um, and also we still have the metal rounds, obviously, and the, yeah. the uh, elimination rounds. So there is a chance that, you know, this line becomes super important for them when the top two lines get shut down. Because right okay. now they're just running rough shot. So honest quiz time for for you. Uh, how would you grade mm. Smith right now as performance up to now? B minus. Okay. <laughs> so not bad. Like he's Fair. not been awful, and he's 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 playing competitively. His goals are, are nice. He's getting into position. Um, he's still he just he he's creates offense in one of two ways. He creates it on the power play, or he finds a way to steal a puck or mm-hmm. get it off the rush. So. Either he'll steal a puck and then create a, a two-on-one the other way or some sort of rush goal. That's like his entirety of his offense right now. So and that's what he does in college too. It just there needs to be a way for him to really sustain pressure in the offensive zone. Like keep the puck in the offensive zone and and really that's just not that their line is ever done. Like mm-hmm. ever since the USHL, they've or, or the USNTDP, they never that's not how they create offense. They just, they're off the rush guys, they're power play guys, and that's it. So I don't know. <laughs> I want more, but it's also like, we have no idea what Will Smith is going to do when he gets off this line either. Like, mm-hmm. we don't know what kind of player he will be um, until he's out of Boston College. So I, I have a B minus. Okay. I'm going to give Eric, I'm going to give Eric Polkamp like a B plus, A minus. He's looked really good. Yeah. Um, he also has three points in four games as a defenseman. Um, everybody's kind of like taking notice that this guy could shoot the puck really well, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which we all knew, but he, he's looked good. Um, he's kind of steadily moving up the ranks for, for team USA too. He's older than Smith. Obviously he's a year older, but, uh, based on where they were expected to be, I'd give him like a B plus a minus. Okay. Uh, who else? Mm-hmm. Uh, my, I think my number one so far has been Casper Halton in, in mm-hmm. terms of like, if you're going to grade sharks prospects, um, Halton is being fed like all of the minutes that he can for, <laughs> for our, especially on the power play for, for team Finland. I think, um, that's probably where majority of his minutes come from is just the, mm-hmm. how much power play time he gets. Uh, oh, so he's doing some, uh, Ovechkin stuff at the Royal juniors then. And you know what? Like 
I've always said this about Halton is like, oh man, you're really worried that he's just a shot, but like <laughs> he really does have a good shot. And like when you compare it against all of his other peers, it's like, and he's also just not like, he's doing a lot of Ovechkin stuff. He's, he's driving offense with his shot. And that's, that's honestly what you can ask for of him. Um, and he hasn't looked like he's floating or out of place. Otherwise he's still um, like competitive. He's still hitting a lot. You know, some like early Ovechkin stuff. Not like well, what's funny Ovechkin. about uh, uh, Halton and uh, uh, looking at it is that he's only averaging 14 minutes a night, actually. And so yeah, his power play usage it's is just, probably yeah, he's basically a power play specialist and, yeah. and he's flourishing on it, right? Yeah, a couple, two power play goals, two of his three uh, goals are on the power play. So. And I think a lot of his point, like assists, assists are also on right? the power play. Yeah, because yeah. he'll shoot the puck and then rebounds happen and then bam. That was like the the tying goal for them today um, against Sweden was uh, he shot the puck mm-hmm. um, and then chaos happened. Eventually it ends to a sure. guy who taps mm-hmm. it in open net kind of thing. They get three points mm-hmm. today against Sweden, which that's also the thing is like the world juniors, you can put up six points against Latvia or Norway. And then it's like, great. You put up six points against Norway, but you put zero points against Canada or Sweden right. or, you right. know, but like he put three points today and like was the hu- a huge reason why Finland won that game today. So like, that's what you want to see is, against top competition, especially a team as good as Sweden, who's defensively very responsible that you're able to do that. Um, he's looked great, which, you know, I'm giving him an A. Okay. <laughs> I have another random question for you. Um, is Halton in shot the best individual tool of any Sharks prospect at the real juniors? Because that's what it seems like of any just individual. Yeah. Individuals tool. Um, I think Smith's passing is better in terms okay. of his like actual vision is passing. He's okay. an, an unreal passer. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, but so far that we've seen though, game. so far that we've seen though in this tournament. Yeah. In the tournament, that would be Halton's shot because Smith's okay. playmaking hasn't really come out um, as much. Mm-hmm. It did in the prelims. He looked great in the prelims, like before the, the, uh, uh, before Christmas, um, his playmaking was on display like every game, but these games, it hasn't come out okay. as much. He still has, you know, it's been there, but not as much. Okay. Um, but right now, Halton and shot. It's a weapon. It's okay. I think I was watching, I don't know if it was today's game or, or somebody else's game. The announcer was just like, Oh my God, <laughs> when he shot it, <laughs> yeah, one of his goals. Um, but yeah, he's been great. Um, I'm, I think they just need to be careful with him. Um, just because I, um, you know, this is like going to be his skill and his bread and butter, but he's got to find a way to do more around it or else he, it's tough to make the NHL with just that skill. As no, just I, I agree. I mean, uh, I, I see a lot of careful. excitement about what he's doing there, but um, I, I just, I, I have serious doubts about how it'll translate. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, I don't really, um, yeah, I, I don't get too excited about seeing, uh, a, a massive, uh, um, you know, howitzer, uh, a murder, uh, a teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. On the power play mostly as well. It's like, yeah. yeah. So but there still needs to be a lot more development with Halton in, but there is also the tools. So it's like, sure, you're, sure. you're really hoping that he's not just like a five foot seven dude sniping like crazy. He's, you know, six foot two or whatever he is and big and hits and, and can skate. Well, then there's a mind there offensively that I think he's just, he really loves to shoot that puck. He never found a, a puck he didn't want to shoot. So 
you just really hope he gets a little bit more patience, I think. <laughs> like you occasionally see it with like OV too. And and we use Ovechkin as like a comparable only because he's the, the one guy in the NHL. That's maybe not the only guy, but one of the dudes in the NHL that's made his shot work. But like, there's a lot more layers to the superstar of Alex Ovechkin's game over the years that people don't realize as well. Well, and also too, like, Ovi shot He's is so good that yeah. it, just like Bedard's shot, right? Was mm-hmm. you knew you knew that Bedard was going to score some goals in the NHL just on his shot alone for his first year. Exactly. And Halton's shot is great for it's this level, great. but you're not going to plop him in NHL and put him on a power play and he's going to score 20 goals right now. I, I don't think so, at least. So yeah, no, I don't think so either. Yeah, it, there's close, a difference yeah. between like gen- generational shots and right. like exactly great shots. Yeah. yeah. And that's what Bedard and Ovechkin have rather than he's just got a great shot. So he's working on it, <laughs> but I don't know. All right. So who else we got? Um, uh, two Team Sweden. We have yeah. two Swedes, Philip Bistet and Matthias Havlid have looked great. They've done, they both have what four points in four games. I think mm-hmm. um, they are doing their exact, exact jobs. They play together. Uh, obviously they play a, all the time in Sweden together. So they're very used to each other, but I meant this whole team team Sweden plays together a lot. Sure. Um, they're very experienced together. So, uh, B stats looked fine. Um, I'm, I still want a little bit more physical physicality from him, but it's the same as I've always mentioned for him. Um, but he has, he's got some timely goals. He he's in position a lot. Um, and he's a defensively responsible um, center. So yeah, it looks like really he hasn't let sort of uh, the tough start right with uh, uh, his SHL team kind of um, uh, slow yeah. him down here, right? So I think that's a that's a good sign. Yeah, it, I just wonder what kind of role he's eventually going to play in the NHL. Is he going to be more of your bottom six kind of guy that's just big, can skate well, has some an offensive touch, but not enough to really get you into the top six, or does he really start to take more of a offensive role i'm still kind of skeptical i thought maybe after last year but this year in sweden it hasn't really come around for him um Havlid looks great um he as well has a cannon for a shot and uh, he's a little like it's not a bad skater but like he's a little slow and i think that kind of harms him in terms of his puck moving ability um but uh, he's looked fine at this tournament yeah, i haven't been uh, disappointed with him at all not as good as some of the other guys on on, on Team Sweden's defense, okay. but you know he's he's they're both getting solid. If I gave uh, let's see, I gave Polkamp a B plus, A minus. I gave Halton an A. I'll give um, B stat a B plus, and I'll okay. give Halton an um, Havlid. Sorry, I'll give Havlid a. Uh, I'm gonna go B plus as well. Both get B plus. How did they look against uh, Finland? Uh, you know. Uh, Tougher competition, obviously. Fine. Um, they it it was interesting because Sweden like killed Canada. Not killed. They they won like two nothing against Canada their their previous game, and and people were expecting the same thing against Finland, who's had a weaker team. Right. Um. But Sweden Finland is always like, uh, I don't know. What's a good comparable? Like Alabama and Auburn football. Yeah. Red Sox. Like, uh, Red Sox Yankees. Yeah. Hatfield, anything McCoys, Exactly. It doesn't really. <laughs> it's really hard to predict what's going to happen. So, yeah. um, but I, you know, I think um, they looked fine. Uh, there wasn't anything that they did that, that negatively impacted the team um, specifically. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with fine. Okay. <laughs> and um, 
lastly, uh, Jake Furlong. Jake Furlong's moved up in, in ice time. I don't know if you have his ice time around there, but yeah, I think let he's... Me, let me pull it up. Um, steadily moved up. He's... Yeah, he's, he's had a few... Uh, 18, 18 a night. Um, so that's like... That's third, actually. Second, third pairing. Behind uh, Lamaru and uh, Matichuk. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, and he's moved up too. Like it yeah. was starting off lower, and then he's come up um, into the second pairing. And mm-hmm. um, his zero points in three games. I think they're they're actually currently playing as we're speaking against Germany. Um, and uh, he he doesn't have a point in that one either. So he'll probably have zero points at four games. But that's not his role in either, right? Yeah, exactly. You never put Furlong on the team for him to put up points. You put him on there for breakout passes, um, steady defense, PK work, uh, which he's providing. Mm-hmm. Um, no, um, I think people are, are a little bit, um, surprised that he's doing as well as he is probably, yeah. but he, he, he's holding his own. I'm not, uh, he's, he's playing the, a similar role to what he does in Halifax. Um, which is, you know, it, it less like he's getting less power play time, but he's not, um, he's not embarrassing himself. I would say that <laughs> he's doing pretty well, I'm giving him a B overall. Okay. So Will Smith, everybody's shark at, at Roll Juniors. That's the headline. Make it a make it a headline. I think you also have to go by expectations, right? Like, sure, we expected yeah. a hell of a lot more from Will Smith than we did from Jake Furlong. Sure, and it Furlong's meeting that expectations. Uh, Smith is just a little bit below where I think people expected so far, right? Okay. But the the medal, uh, the medal rounds and the um, you know elimination rounds are really where it's going to have to come together for for Team USA. Okay, so uh, we have uh, Haltonen as an A, and then did you give uh, Pole Camp an A, or did you? Uh... I gave him a B plus or A minus. I'm gonna give him an A minus. Let's give okay. him an A minus. <laughs> okay, give him an A minus. A okay. minus, and then two B pluses, and Havlid and uh, B stat, a B in Furlong, and a B minus. Okay. okay. I'm sorry, Will. I love you, but <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna he's gonna make me feel like shit in like a game when he, he has like three goals and an assist, and like, yeah, I'll feel good. So you're still, I mean, of course, uh, everyone always says uh, Roll Juniors, take it for a little bit of a grain of salt. Don't get too high, too low on guys on this uh, small sample size of games. But you're still feeling pretty good about uh, this set of prospects after the round robin. Uh, Yes. Yeah. I mean, in terms of where I think this, and we'll talk about it just in a second, in terms of compared to prior Sharks prospects years, this is like, lights out better than, than what we've had in recent years in terms right. of at the World right. Juniors. And that's what um, we're about to talk about. <laughs> yeah, so I feel pretty good. I I think, um, yeah, so let's 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 dive into that. The uh, Sharks have six prospects, right? Yep. Um, yep. Shang um, did a lot of digging. I, I, as well, did a little bit of digging to find out when the last time the Sharks had six prospects at the World Juniors. Um, so w- take it away, Shang. When was the yeah. last time? It's been a long time that they've had anywhere close uh, to to that number. Um, and I want to say before we get into it that uh, some of this this research was all, was all done uh, kind of quick and dirty. So we might have missed some guys, uh, especially in the 90s, to the information about um, the rosters. And also, too, I guess who had the, the, the rights to this particular prospect at that time uh, are a little bit sketchy. Uh, just for example, yeah. this is something that that, that Keegan Ke- Keegan looked up. Um, 2015, the Sharks had uh, five 
prospects uh, at World Juniors, five drafted prospects, uh, Noel Rod, Nikolai Godobin, Mirko Mueller, uh, Julius uh, Bergman, and I think it's Frederick Berg, uh, Bergvik. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't quite remember. Uh, I think it's Frederick. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, Timo Meyer also played at the tournament too. But at the time, though, uh, Timo uh, was not uh, was not drafted by the Sharks, so he doesn't count yep. in 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 that in that five. So anyway, that would be the that would be the last time that that we've been uh, close to that. And I'm gonna come out with the story with you can see the. The spreadsheet uh, that that uh, that Keegan and I have made up here, all all the prospects and, and whatnot. But um, uh, in 2021, they had four: uh, Hadika, uh, Raska, Spiridonov, uh, and uh, uh, Kinyazev. and uh, that didn't work out. But <laughs> anyway, I was it's four. It's definitely four of the Sharks prospects of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the- though. Yeah, so we have so we have we have uh, so we, and like I said, we have five in 2015. They have a lot of twos and threes, so a lot of uh, mm-hmm. kind of uh, rough kind of uh, years in terms of this crop of prospects. Um, um, uh, f- uh, under under the sort of uh, the, the in the a lot of the Doug Wilson era, and sure. um, and so yeah, so I think I think that stands out. Um, 2006 to 2008, they had zero. Uh, w uh, WJC representatives. At least we're pretty sure that just again based based on our research, um, they had a couple yep. guys that they would draft eventually. Again, I want to stress that that they would have guys that uh, they uh, they would draft eventually. Two thousand eight, uh, 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 Harry Satari, Harry Satari, yeah, <laughs> um, tomato tomato. Uh, anyway, uh, he uh, he 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 played in a two thousand eight tournament, but again, the Sharks hadn't drafted him yet, so he doesn't count. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, so 2006 yeah. to 2008 is uh, zero. Um, and then we have a lot of twos and threes, twos and threes. Keep in mind, too, that guys like Patrick Marlowe never played in the Road, Road Juniors because uh, they graduated. Um, yeah. And so that also skews things, too, of course. But um, I think it's noteworthy that the six that they have this year, um, just uh, how many that is compared to past years. And you have to go back all the way to 1996 and 1995. Um, so the Sharks had wow. eight, eight uh, Road Junior uh, ch- uh, Championships uh, representatives in the 1996 WJCs. That's the most they've ever had in team history. And 1995, they had seven. And so that makes this year six, the third most in franchise history, which is still pretty impressive. And so anyway, just to rattle 20, off 27 years, right? Yep. The most in 27 years. And so just to rattle off the names, uh, just to, uh, just to call back some, some names from the past. And some of these names, I honestly yep. won't, won't good won't, NHLers though. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them. Yeah. I won't be able to say some of these names, but, um, uh, Brian Swanson in 1996, uh, Alexander Koroyuk, where everybody knows, uh, Timo Yarvi, uh, Marco, Yep, the dentist. Uh, Marco Marco <laughs> Mackinen, Vesa mm-hmm. Toscala, Mika Kiprasov, uh, Mikhail uh, Bros. Uh, he's Czech, so it's spelled B-R-O-S. And uh, Robert Jin, uh, Jinrich. And that's 1996. Mm-hmm. Those are the eight from 1996. Um, 1995, they have uh, Shane Donovan. Is he the father of, uh, of, uh, of uh, Jorian Donovan, by the way? He might be. That's a good question. Why don't you actually keep announcing? Yeah, I think he is. I actually think he is. I think I I saw that uh, before. So, mm-hmm. 
probably. Yes, father is Shane he is indeed. Uh, Jonas, Jonas, uh, Jonas Forsberg, goalie. Uh, Jeff Friesen. Uh, Coral Uke again in 95. Uh, Vlastamil Krupa. Uh, yes. uh, I think it's Angel Nikolov. And uh, Vlakov Rada, and of course, and that's another one of the uh, the side things that we try to look for uh, when we identify these uh, uh, sharks prospects at the World Juniors. Rada uh, was traded, I think, in the summer of '95. He was drafted mm-hmm. by the Sharks. He was traded. Uh, he ended up with the with the Sabers. I'm not sure if he was traded to the Sabers, but anyway, ended up with the Sabers. He had a pretty good career with, with mostly with the Sabers. But anyway, Verada uh, in 1996, Verada played in a, at Road Juniors, but he was playing for another team, uh, so he doesn't yeah. count as a Sharks prospect that went to Road Juniors. So again, just just uh, another uh, sort of qualifier in all this. But uh, so anyway, what I what I find in all this is nothing uh, surprising that. Um, in the sense that getting named to the world juniors, especially if you're named to sort of the, the power hockey countries, right? Canada, yep. USA, um, Russia, um, you can probably throw in Finland and maybe Czech Republic too. Obviously Sweden, Sweden too is in there too, right? Yep. Um, that, that, that's, that's a very meaningful thing. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a good sign for a guy's chances to, to make the, the NHL. And so we're looking at this uh, this particular, uh, not just make the NHL, but have an impactful career in the NHL. And so we're looking at uh, this uh, Sharks uh, WJC class. I think the two names that stand out that people didn't expect to be here, but were uh, selected by, um, again, uh, just you know the, 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 the hockey powers, right? Uh, countries, exactly. right? Uh, Pole Camp USA, Furlong Canada. These are very, very good signs that these guys can have, maybe will have, uh, good NHL careers. Again, we're not talking all stars or whatever, right? But uh, we're talking, you know, guys that might play 500 games, right? Guys that might play a uh, thousand games, that sort of thing, right? So have have good mm-hmm. careers. So um, I'm thinking back in terms of we're gonna uh, pull it back, right? Like mm-hmm. a guy like actually, let's speaking of 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 Donovan. Uh, Donovan, I think Shane Donovan. I think he played over a thousand games. Uh, I gotta. Pull up his. Uh, hold on. Shane Donovan played uh, nine fifty one. Just nine fifty one. He had a second round pick, right? Twenty eighth, uh, uh, second round pick yep. of the nineteen ninety three draft. There, right? Um, yep. A guy, a guy like that, I think, is a good example. A guy that you know, like a like a fur. I mean, Furlong and Paul Camp are, are defensemen, but um, you know, those are the kind of kind of careers that if they if. If if for for a long and pole camp have that kind of career, a Shane Donovan career, I think uh, I think they would be thrilled. I think the Sharks would be thrilled, right? Considering where mm-hmm. they were drafted, right? I think both in the fifth round. Um, both fifth round, yep. Yeah, and so I, I think that's 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 the takeaway uh, from that that I have from all this that um, that it's it's a it's a good year uh, for uh, for the Sharks, obviously, and it's a meaningful thing too. It's not this is not um, uh, we've seen years where. Um, I'll yeah. just throw throw an example. 2017, um, Latvia. Uh, Rudy Balzers made it, and Rudy Balzers has had an NHL career and was a pretty good NHL prospect for a while, right? But also too, uh, because his team Latvia, not a very deep team. Uh, uh, Carlos uh, Cooks uh, made it too, and it's Kuts- Kutsky, I think it is Kutsky. No, it's uh, Cooks. Uh, actually, I, I think I've, yeah, <laughs> I, I wrote nice. a lot of stories about him a couple of years ago, so I'm pretty sure it's Cooks. You know, anyway it. though. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, that was cutsy. He's anyway, he's a guy I, though. I 
yeah, I mean, not 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 to not to again, not not to uh, not to uh, uh, single out anybody, but he's a guy that he's not making Team Canada in in a million years, right? And for sure. So, yeah, that year was Latvia, Latvia, and Denmark that were the Sharks representation. Right, right, right. And Blickfeld was Blickfeld. a okay prospect, so maybe Blickfeld sure. would have made. Uh, another roster of uh, Finland, Sweden, who knows, you know, same with Balzers, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. They just happen to be like top, top guys on very, very weak teams. Uh, but, yeah. uh, but cooks is a guy, for example, that wouldn't have made it for, you know, for, I think yeah. any of the, the power teams likely, I don't think so. And so mm-hmm. uh, anyway, uh, so again, that, that all, that speaks again to where Furlong and pole camp have um, kind of, um, surprised kind of since since they they were drafted um i think the 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 last the last sort of big takeaway i had and i'm gonna kind of pour over this a little bit more and 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 sit on this a little bit more before i come out with the article but uh if you go back to i mentioned those two years in a row where the sharks had seven and then eight right i think that the the sharks are coming to that kind of time in, in in the in in their rebuild here right they have six this year right i mean next year yep. what do you think who 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 goes back i mean smith if he's not playing with the smith, sharks he yeah. goes back haltonen right probably goes back right um probably those two yeah uh, you probably so have musty and canyoni involved yeah. right canyoni maybe um right uh, whoever they draft this year, right? Macklin Celebrini. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, yeah. Or he's not going to go back. He'll be in the NHL. Well, that's true too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but um, uh, you know, there's a chance though that that they can they can match this uh, next year or yeah. even maybe even surpass it, right? And yeah. so, um, so yeah. So, so I I think uh, I if we look back 1995-96, right? Uh, those were tough years for the Sharks, especially 1996. Mm-hmm. 1995-96-96-97 they were both out, out of the playoffs right uh but this sets up uh so from this group i mean obviously not everybody's going to hit but from the group of prospects i mentioned crow Yuk had a very good nhl career uh mika kiprasov was a franchise goaltender not for the sharks but still uh he still well, had franchise. a great career and were you were able to trade him for a uh, kind mm-hmm. of a borderline franchise defenseman a mark edward vlasic at least in his prime uh Vesa Toskala mm-hmm. had a very good nhl career and you were able to turn him into um into i think they got a first round pick for him and mark i think it was the trade that became logan couture he was involved in that yep. um yep. And then looking back at 1995, right? Uh, like we mentioned, uh, Shane Donovan, an underrated but very solid NHL career. Uh, Jeff Friesen had a great NHL career. Um, and so you're thrilled if, I don't know, if Quentin Musty has a Jeff Friesen-like career or something. Right? Oh, absolutely. Know, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. or if we talk about a guy this year, if a, a you know, Philip Beestead has that kind of career or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're repeating Corey Yuke again. And Verada. Uh, even though not for the Sharks, uh, ha- had a pretty good career on some pretty good Sabres teams, if I uh, recall correctly. Um, yep. So yeah, so I think uh, I, I think uh, I, I you know not 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 to not to go with the, the easy thing to say here, but I think things things it's are good. looking up. Yeah, things are looking up, and I think again yeah, I'm going to stress Furlong and Pole Camp, just the guys that um, that's a testament to picking guys out that weren't obvious guys that developed the surprise guys, and those are the guys that are going to kind of like, you know, you have your elite guys, your Will Smith, whatever that any of us can sort of pick out and draft. If we were had that job, we can, you know, of course sure. we had to figure out, but you know, we could reasonably uh, pick out like, okay, we have the number four pick. We're going to pick Will Smith, but the pole camps, the furlongs, those are the testaments to your scouting staff uh, and to your development team. 
in the um it's it's a good sign and and i think a few of these guys are, are very likely to have nhl careers um that are on the current uh roster for the sharks right so like you can pick out smith you can pick out uh Havlin and beast in, in some way to have some sort of nhl career i think um it's still a while away but then the the other guys pull uh, camp furlong halton and um you, you, this is the kind of step that they need to take to be like considered for the future to be in the NHL, and mm-hmm. it's it's good. I'm not not knocking it, and I, I think uh, Stephen Ellis said it best: where better times are coming, or whatever he said <laughs> um, for the Sharks, and it's it's the truth. It, like if you look in 2015, which is the only one between two, 1997 or 1996 and now that was even close, which was five players, um, right? Uh, it was Norod, Nikolai Godobin, Mueller, Bergman, and Bergvik. Um, and like, yes, Norod was a, a decent prospect, but he never came over. And yeah, maybe we hyped, him up a t- we hyped him up a tiny bit. Um, but I, I think even him, uh, he's below other second round picks like Beastad and Havlet in their development right now. Mm-hmm. Halton in. Where he was then. And Halton in as well, second round pick. Yeah. Um, I think they're all above him. Uh, Goldobin was a late first round pick, kind of like in that musty time mm-hmm. or period of uh, of picks, and he was hyped up at, at 2015 levels. Right? Beastead, so yeah. yeah, like kind of around Beastead. Yeah. Um, but Mueller, Bergman, and Bergvik. I mean, Mueller. Obviously, we all know the Mirko Mueller saga. Um, I mean, this is high, a cautionary tale. But, but go, no, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but my yeah, but, but I guess there is a little bit of cautionary tale of hyping up. Um, defensive defensemen that get to get to go to the world juniors like for a long um but uh he wasn't a first round pick he was a fifth round pick you know, versus that and, yeah. and bergman and bergvik obviously never had careers i just think that the quality when you're relating 2015s to now and the the quantity is is both like they're just so much better than that that roster for the sharks yeah looking at I the think. 2015 i think miller that might he might have been the will smith even though he was a mid mid first round pick like the hype on miller sure. was really really strong uh it was that real. people thought he was going to be uh i think at least a top pairing defenseman you know not necessarily Turned out he's like a 200 game defenseman but that's yeah it. yeah <laughs> but um uh, but yeah so it's also a cautionary tale too so i'm not i'm not necessarily automatically you know we we gave you sort of like well what could happen mm-hmm. 19, 1995 96 you hit on i mean half those guys had i think a pretty decent angel careers and you yeah, had a couple some of them of, superstars well yeah stars, at least. mika kippersoft um was a franchise sure. guy and uh Friesen was definitely a top six top six uh yeah. top six guy at least right uh, and Coral mm-hmm. U too was sort of uh, on the fringe uh, fringe of that too, or was actually yeah. I would say yeah he just didn't didn't play long enough in the NHL, um, yeah. and so you can you can have that happen, uh, or you can have 2015 happen, <laughs> which is where nothing. But uh, yeah, you just really have to look at both the the quantity and also the quality of the players mm-hmm. that are selected. Sometimes that's easy to do because like it's all players that are selected to Latvia or, or Slovakia, not to to you know shit on Latvia or Slovakia or whatever. Um, or or Norway or whoever the uh, bad uh, team We're is. We're kind of shitting year, on them. It kind of <laughs> it, what it goes up and down, right? Like like Slovakia wasn't amazing for many years. And now like right. you know they they're I think they're going to be second in the group stage for this year, which is crazy. Um, so you know stuff happened. And Latvia has had a bunch of great looking games recently, past couple of years. So anyway, the point is is like you just got to take both the quantity and the quality. 
Um, it's good that the sharks have six, but it's, I wouldn't also say that it's like out of the realm of ordinary for, for rebuilding teams or just teams that are, uh, acquiring picks to get that many, like if we compare to, to other years this year, even coyotes and the blues have seven. Um, and uh, Coyotes would have had more six. if uh, Russia was allowed to play because the Coyotes yes, they have obviously had two more at least. Fast drafted heavy there. Yeah, so they would have had more for then. Um, Kraken and Blackhawks have six. 2023, the most was seven with the Canadiens. 2021 was nine with the Kings. Um, and Red Wings had seven that year. Uh, 2020 was also nine with the Kings. Um, seven Arizona in 2020. 2019 was seven with both the Flyers and Canadians. So Can you I think read six off? is a good number. Yeah. I'm curious, uh, the the older ones, how many of those guys hit? So 2019, we, we can get a reasonable sense of well, where these sure. guys are. Uh, so yeah. How In did 20, 2019, the, the, the Flyers seven were St. Ivani, who is, a, uh, I think he's an AHLer right now. Okay. Um, Cates, uh, Farabee, okay. o- yeah. O'Brien. Ginning, Urson, and Frost. So, so far, Frost has had an NHL career, obviously. Farabee is in an NHL career. Farabee and Cates um, are pretty pretty good, right? And then uh, who's the... Cates. After Farabee, there was a guy that, that's that's doing pretty well, too, yeah? Um, O'Brien. I don't know not if that's name O'Brien, O'Brien. O'Brien or not. <laughs> not no, um, no, no, it should be, uh, I think, Jay O'Brien, yeah. So, the, the, yeah, they didn't yeah. sign him. So they let him walk, yeah, but... That's yeah, they let him walk. Um, Urson, who's I think their backup goaltender right now. Oh, okay. Um, and Frost, Morgan Frost. He's oh, okay, okay. Well. So, so Farabee and Frost and uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Cates and yeah. Cates. Okay. So three, three point five so far out of the seven. Yeah. Um, have made the NHL. I'm going half because the goaltender, but you know he's made it in terms of being. Like honestly, if you get a backup goaltender out of any goaltender you draft, you've you've made it in terms of drafting goalies. Yeah, I guess it's just outside of so the shitty. yeah, right. So uh, Canadians, Canadians had, yeah. they had uh, Brooke, um, I don't know his first name, Suzuki and Poling. Um, okay. Caden, Caden Primo, um, Yelonen, who's playing, I think, with them now. Mm-hmm. Romanov, who's playing with the Islanders. Sure. Uh, Jacob Olofsson. I don't know if Jacob Olofsson's playing, is he? Uh, but anyways, at least Yelonen, Romanov, uh, Poling, Suzuki. And Caden Primo is Caden Primo playing? Yeah, yeah, I, I, he he is. Uh, but I guess you have you get one star with Suzuki, and then uh, you know maybe a couple of other useful-ish players, and that's that's not bad. Yeah, it's not awful. Yes, Caden Primo is is uh, a goaltender for the Canadians. Yep. So okay, but both of those at least like four, three, four NHLers um, yeah. out of those out of those groups. Can can you hey. can you read one more off to me? I'm just curious about one more team, the 2020 Kings, because of course the Kings yep. uh, prospect group has been hyped for so so long. So, Akil Thomas, mm-hmm. um, Aiden Dudas, okay, uh, Samuel Fajemo, Fajemo, yeah, um, uh, Tobias Bjornfoot, okay, uh, Rasmus Kupari, Nuwasinen, Nuwasinen, I don't know who that is, okay, um. Alexander Turcotte, uh, Kaliev, and Parik, P-A-R-I-K. Ooh, that's a kind of a tough list. <laughs> yeah, not not amazing. But then the yeah. Arizona that year had seven. They had Hayton, Michelli, Ty Emerson, uh, okay. Victor Soderstrom, um, Akugrati, Yan Yannick, and Nussbauer. So they had four NHLers there with Hayton, right. Michelli, Emerson, and Soderstrom. Mm-hmm. Sharks that year had one Hataka. 
Anyway. <laughs> uh, and then 2021 Kings, like they had Spence, Byfield, Kaliev, Turcotte, Faber, Northfoot. Spence and Byfield, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Chromiak. Um, that's a better looking group for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think okay. it just, I think you can reasonably expect, based on these lists, about half of the players there to have reasonable NHL careers. Yeah. Um, that make the, the these, these, these big lists, right? Well, that would be a good though, right? A good, like not, not like a good uh, you NHL expect, career. but that would be, I mean, if half of them hit into good NHL careers, then that means that you've done well here. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so okay. that's what you want from the Sharks in the, the 2024 as well. It's like, yeah. I don't think all six are going to have NHL careers. I think people want that to happen, but I, I don't think that's going to happen for the Sharks this year. Yeah, and again, we're talking you about careers. It's not just appearing in NHL. It's having yes, yeah, in, an impact. Yes. Yeah, it's not just the the Artemi Kanizev one game in the NHL <laughs> or the Jasper Weatherby one half season in the NHL. Yeah. I love I love you, Lord Jasper. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you want like a full, you know, couple of seasons at least, and yeah, so half is what we can expect. I think. <laughs> Uh, which half? Uh, whew, I'll keep trying to predict it, but I don't know. <laughs> but I, I know I'm excited. I think it's it's going to be a very fun, exciting um, knockout round. We'll have another update, I think, probably by our next podcast. We'll have uh, either the gold medal already decided or or close to. So we'll see. That sounds uh, that sounds good. Hopefully, we'll get some. Uh, I don't know. What's your your dream? Uh, I don't. Actually, not sure about the the brackets. How how it works out? Mm-hmm. But like, what's your What's your Sharks wet dream final? It's got to be USA versus who? Sweden? Yeah. USA Canada would be really, really fun. Well, um, yeah. oh, I guess Maka Celebrini, if you're already picturing Celebrini and Teal. So. <laughs> yeah, you get to watch that whole like Celebrini show. And also just because like USA Canada is like, you know, um, again, it's it's Auburn Alabama football. Sure. It's, um, <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it. Uh, the possibilities are also kind of difficult. USA Sweden would be fun. Um, and I think they're the two best teams in the tournament. Okay. So uh, Canada's had like an up and down kind of um, tournament in terms of they just don't have the depth off- offensively to really be to keeping up with, especially the United States, I think. So it wouldn't, I think honestly, the USA would probably beat them and it wouldn't be as exciting as, as how deep team Sweden is versus USA. So. Either let one's me, fine with let, me. Let me ask you one last question. Uh, just the how has Celebrini looked? And um, you know, if you're comparing Celebrini and Smith, are you kind of weighing it that Smith's team is deeper in, in a sense? So you're not holding yeah. that against. But of course, let's remember that Celebrini is a year younger too. Celebrini is a better hockey player than Will mm-hmm. Smith, and and and, um, and just because he's not uh, so one dimensional, mm-hmm. I think he's a more he's a more well-rounded hockey player who also has some elite skills. So okay. if, if you're comparing like what kind of guys they are, he's like your Jonathan Taves like guy, he's got your almost all the things that you need in a first line center. I mean, probably does have everything you need in a first line center, just not yet. Um, Cause he's too young, but it, whereas so like, like comparing the two, it's just, it's pretty clear that celebrity, he's not dominating like Bedard did in mm-hmm. terms of this tournament. Um, he's doing well. Yeah, he's still putting up a lot of points and he's um but uh and he doesn't have that like otherworldly skill that Bedard does, but I yeah. think he's just a better hockey player in general than Will Smith. So Okay. Okay. So uh best case scenario then uh Celebrini as your Jonathan Taves and Will Smith as your Patrick Kane then. Uh yeah. I wanna close <laughs> actually it just reminds me of one thing I saw that um 
I really love guys like Taze of their game. I mean, uh, yeah. guys like Kopitar, there was a poll. Sure. Who would you rather uh, take, uh, you know, uh, also including their careers, uh, Kopitar or Patrick Kane? And to me, it's like no question. Like yeah. Patrick Kane doesn't I win all that. I, I, Patrick Kane is an incredible player, but he doesn't win all that he does without a guy like Taze uh, yeah. at his side. Whereas you can, Kane, Kane is a special player, but yeah, like uh, having that kind of, that I always, always would take a guy like a Celebrini. Uh, mm-hmm. that the way you describe them as sort of a, that, that's a guy that you win with. So, so yes, absolutely. Yeah. Celebrini is the guy that you win with. Um, and, and NHL GMs agree too. They almost always would choose Taves, Kopitar, Celebrini over your like Bergeron, your Canes, yeah. Yeah. your, yeah. Um, it's just the, yeah, Bergeron's a good example too. Just that's the way that NHL, especially playoff hockey is played. And the, you know, and obviously, Patrick Kane as one of the the funniest game, Stanley Cup winning goals in the in the history of the <laughs> NHL, but you know they you worry that some some of those elite offensive wingers won't translate in the in the playoffs sometimes. Um, clearly, guys like Kane and Kucherov have that ability. It's oh, sure, no, they're special time. players. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's a debate between two surefire Hall of Famers, two surefire <laughs> franchise players, but yeah. just the type of player though. If you had to choose one. Yeah, for yeah. me, it's always uh, always that type. Yeah, and I, I would choose Celebrini above um, above Smith, and he, he would get drafted probably second or third in last year's draft. Celebrini would maybe it'd be tough between him and Fantilli, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and Carlson as well. So honestly, it's really tough between two and four again. But he would be above the the next grouping of Smith and Reinbacher and mm-hmm. Leonard and, and Mitch Koff and all that just because of Mitch Koff's obviously like political problems, but sure. But he would be above him for sure. Okay. He's oh, you had to, you had to mention uh, Mitch Koff. I tried to go the whole podcast without mentioning him. So <laughs> there you go. No, he's the, uh, <laughs> there you go, Keegan. <laughs> he's back from, he's back from an illness and he's playing in Russia, putting up points on the power play as he always does. <laughs> but He's fine. It and like again, I don't, I don't, I don't want to like crap on Will Smith the whole show, um, because he does, he does things sometimes, and he takes over some games, and sure. you're like, damn, that's that's Will Smith. Yeah, it's his <laughs> but, first, yeah, it's his it's, first tourney, uh, our first U twenty attorney, and um, yeah, uh, he has he has the uh, the metal the metal games too to kind of uh stepped it up a little bit and it's not like he's been bad mm-hmm. right so no no not by any means either he's yeah. done exactly what they think they want for him his mm-hmm. line to do so all right let's get out of here shang um we will be back next week um with uh hopefully a gold medal for team usa <laughs> anything USA. else USA. usa <laughs> all right Have a good week, guys. Bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.